Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get an insect update from provincial entomologist John Gavlosky. Also, we'll hear from the director of the Richardson Centre for Food Technology and Research at the University of Manitoba. And up first in today's country comment, we'll be joined by Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance to get an update on the corn and sunflower crops. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance to give us an update on a few crops, starting with corn. Yeah, the corn's still looking really nice. Um, it's moving along. I'm seeing this week, um, at least the fields that I've been checking are in the dough stage. So... Um, a little further behind than we want it to. Obviously, nothing's changing there or going to change. Um, but I did see a couple cobs that had a little bit of a dent starting. So that's really positive. It means that, you know, the moisture is being used up and starch is filling. So hopefully that is sort of a quicker process than normal. But the heat's helping. So um, good news there. Yeah, I guess talk a little bit more about just the recent weather. You know, we've had some good heat and then rain again there last night, but um, how, how are things shaping up there? So generally very good. I mean, the corn's enjoying the heat and the moisture is certainly helping because I've seen a few fields that have actually showed um, slight drought symptoms um, just across the province, nothing really specific. But um, I guess the only issue that I'm having with the weather right now is because it gets so hot and then the nights get so cool that the heat unit, like the corn heat unit, unit accumulation, um, is not as great as I think we expected to it to be. So when temperatures go below 10 at night, which isn't very often, but they get low enough, and then they go above 30 in the daytime, then we're not those periods we're not accumulating anything. So we just want to keep it in that sweet medium area between. 10 and 30, nothing more, nothing less to accumulate and get the crop moving. And as for uh, sunflowers, uh, how's that looking? Good. They're generally at the R6 stage, so um, the heads are filled as much as they're going to be. Um, And generally, heads are filling right to the center. I haven't seen too many issues with um, heads not being pollinated all the way through, so that's really positive. Um, So we don't need to worry so much about insects right now, but definitely keep an eye on them. Um, We're seeing... Aphids be um, very apparent in sunflowers right now, so getting a few phone calls on that because you'll basically turn the leaf over and the entire leaf surface is covered with aphids. Um, but fortunately with sunflowers, that's not an economical issue, but just something to keep in mind when you're looking um, in sunflowers. But and generally just keep an eye on um, insect and disease pressures just so that you know it's there and what you're dealing with. But overall, I think quite positive with sunflowers so far. The other one here, flax, uh, how, how's that been looking? Flax also looks really great. I'm having a good year so, <laughs> so far. Um, the flax, the crop is generally quite thick. Um, it's maturing nicely. We're starting to get some brown bulls develop, um, so it's drying up and um, a, overall really good. I haven't seen too many disease issues yet. I'm doing a flax disease survey right now, so if anybody has flax fields that um, they wouldn't mind being checked out just for presence of disease is the only thing I'm looking for. Um, they can certainly contact me. I do need more fields in the next week, so I would love help with that. But otherwise, great overall. 
That was Morgan Cott, agronomy specialist with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. In this week's crop report, Manitoba Agriculture says harvest is ongoing in winter wheat and fall rye with a good portion of those crops already combined. Reported yields are average for both crops. For other crops, condition looks good to very good in most parts of the province. Field pea harvest has begun in the northwest and southwest regions, and widespread harvest is expected to begin for spring cereals in about two weeks. With some early spring wheat, barley, and oats coming off in the past few days in the central region, High humidity and frequent rain showers are slowing cereal and pea crop dry down despite warm sunny days. A cooler, wetter forecast for the remainder of August has farms reconsidering swathing in favor of a pre-harvest aid or straight cutting in cereals. The dry bean crop in Manitoba is starting to turn. That according to Dennis Lang, the province's pulse specialist. Dry beans, actually, um, I've seen some seed color change already in some, some black beans. Um, you know, uh, from the road and even just, just looking at the field, we're starting to see seed color change happening already. Um, no desiccation happening as of yet. We're still a little early for that, maybe another week or so. Um, but those are more, more for the earlier types that we're seeing. Some of the early varieties, like blackstrap, for example, would be one that in this area would be uh, you know, starting to yellow off. Lang says there has been some reports of common bacterial blight in beans, but it likely won't cause any yield issues at this point. And livestock producers are enjoying a much better year in terms of hay production. Tyler Fulton is president of Manitoba Beef Producers. It's uh, the polar opposite scenario as last year at this time. Couldn't be more different right across Manitoba. Hay yields have, are, are great. The struggle really is actually trying to get, it, get dry hay up in, uh, in good shape because of the frequent rains and, and the high humidity that we're dealing with. I don't think there's any producers really that are complaining about the situation for sure because uh, compared to last year, it's, it's just completely different. On the flip side, you know, those that are, you know, that are wrapping bales or, or putting up silage, uh, they've got a, a phenomenal quality product with uh, some of the best yields that we've had in, in years. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, August 24th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from the director of the Richardson Center for Food Technology and Research at the University of Manitoba. Yesterday, the Richardson Center for Food Technology and Research at the University of Manitoba held an open house. Dr. Rotimi Aluku is director and Canada Research Chair. Well, at the center here, you know, what we do is basically to support the agri-food industry in Manitoba. One of the main things we do is uh, grain milling. Uh, so we have a, a Health Canada. We have a Health Canada certified uh, pilot plant uh, where we can mill different types of grains into uh, different grades of flour, and then these flowers can then be sold directly to the public. Uh, so we can produce, for example, high protein uh, flowers because we know these days uh, plant proteins are very important. Uh, actually in the economy of the world and so we are participating you know vigorously in that aspect by enabling Manitoba uh, farmers, Manitoba producers to be able to mill their grains uh, into high protein flowers. Uh, but apart from uh, you know the grain milling part we can also conduct uh, human intervention trials to look at the potential nutritional benefits and health benefits of various types of crops 
uh, crops, uh, animal products, uh, various types of formulated products. Uh, so basically, you know, uh, that is all we do for now. And uh, we're going to hear from a number of uh, researchers here today. Uh, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what, the, what they do here. Uh, well, we have, uh, you know, various researchers here. We have, for example, we have a Canada research chair that is uh, specialized in protein uh, extraction, protein processing, uh, and again, is supposed to, you know, help us uh, to be able to support the food industry in value addition uh, to, you know, their, their products, actually, uh, you know, seeds to convert low-protein seeds into high-protein products. Uh, but apart from that, we also have uh, scientists who are specialized uh, in human nutrition uh, who can help us design uh, various, you know, types of trials to evaluate the nutritional benefits of various types of crops, various types of food products. But also very important is we have a scientist here who specializes in what we call protein extrusion. Uh, protein extrusion is the, uh, the step involved in converting a plant protein uh, into your regular, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, a meat, meat alternative before you can go from a flower into a meat alternative like your you know 100% uh, uh, plant-based burger you have to extrude it so we have a specialist here who actually has the skills to help us produce custom made you know extruded products that can be used uh, for various types of food product formulation actually in terms of formulating uh, plant protein-based foods. How long has the uh, center been here? Uh, the center officially opened uh, in 2006, uh, so we have been around now for about 16 years. The name change uh, initially was called the Richardson Center for Functional Foods and Nutraceuticals, uh, but that was because at that time when the center opened, that was a major emphasis in research that we do here. But now we have diversified from just uh, research on functional foods to various aspects of food processing, especially in terms of uh, plant protein processing. And so we don't just do only functional foods anymore. We do also functional foods, but in addition to that, we also do food processing, we do food formulation, uh, we do various types of food product development, uh, we do food analysis. And so we are a food technology center and not just a functional food center. That was Dr. Rotimi Aluku. He's the director of the Richardson Center for Food Technology and Research at the University of Manitoba. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Wildlife Federation is offering a webinar on Canada's 10 most invasive plants. That takes place August 30th from noon until 1 p.m. Register on the Canadian Wildlife Federation website. Fall on the farm takes place September 5th at the Mennonite Heritage Village in Steinbach. The Cultivate Sustainability Conference and Trade Show is planned for September 7th at the RBC Convention Centre in Winnipeg. Register at foodbeveragesmb.ca. And looking ahead... The Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is hosting the 5th Annual Regenerative Agriculture Conference November 14th and 15th in Brandon. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, joining us now is provincial entomologist John Gavlosky to give us an insect update. 
We started off talking about aphids. Right now, it's um, mainly just the soybeans where they're an issue. Um, there's still some aphids in the small grains, but most of the small grains, your wheat, your oats, your barley, they're now uh, beyond the susceptible stages. With the small grains, once things get into the doughy stage, where the grain is doughy and no longer milky, the aphids just can't do as much damage. And most of our cereal crops are now far too too far advanced that the aphids really aren't an issue. But the soybeans, uh, a lot of the soybean fields are still in the more susceptible stages. So we do have some big populations, especially in the eastern interlake and the eastern part of the central region. That's where the soybean aphids seem to be the highest. Another crop we're seeing aphids in, but it's really not an economical thing, is sunflowers. There is an aphid called the sunflower aphid, and they can be very numerous. Sometimes you can even get hundreds per plant, but you've got so much leaf area in sunflowers, we really don't even have a threshold for them in sunflowers. What about uh, ligus bugs? The ligus bugs are also showing up in numbers that uh, in some areas are economical. Um, The eastern region and parts of the northwest is where we're seeing some of the higher numbers. We're encouraging people growing canola to um, do some sweeping to check for them. It gets very tricky, though, once the plants get pods on them to do that sweeping. Once the seeds, though, are starting to firm up, you don't need to really worry about ligus anymore. It's the young developing seeds that they can be most damaging to. And uh, grasshoppers, are we still seeing some of those? Yes, there's still lots of grasshoppers around. Um, Right now, they're getting to the stages where they're laying eggs. We have a grasshopper survey going on. We're trying to get estimates of what those levels are like. Um, Right now, they're moving around a lot, too, because some of their... The plants that they're feeding on are either being uh, swathed or are maturing, so it gets them moving around, and they'll be looking for something green to feed on. Diamondback moth levels, uh, those are also being watched? Yeah. Now, so far, we're not really seeing economic levels of diamondback moth, but they are noticeable in some fields, so people are just keeping an eye on their populations as well. This time of year, unless they're feeding directly on the pods and doing a lot of pod feeding, they're probably not going to do a lot of damage by just uh, doing leaf feeding. Uh, We've had some good soil moisture, so the plants can compensate for any feeding they're doing to leaves or even um, flowers. But it's the pod feeding this time of year that, if it's uh, serious enough, can be a problem. So people are keeping an eye on that. So far, uh, not really anything in the way of economic population, but some that are close enough that people are watching carefully. All right. Anything else you're uh, keeping an eye on right now? Well, we're just getting some reports of um, both grasshoppers at the top of plants dead, which is a fungal pathogen, and some people are finding these little red mites on the back of the grasshoppers, which is another good thing. Um, Some of the grasshopper predators and parasites and things are high this year. Um, They're responding to the higher grasshopper levels we've had over the past few years. Those dead grasshoppers at the top of plants, they have a fungal pathogen. They die at the top of the plants. Spores go up in the body. Eventually, the cuticle of the grasshopper splits, and the spores will spread around, infecting more grasshoppers. And those little mites that people are finding, um, there is no 
common name. They're called Eutrombidium um, locusterium. They're little red mites, and they feed on the grasshopper blood when they're really young. It kind of weakens the grasshopper a bit. And when they get to be older mites, they're feeding on grasshopper eggs. So they're both parasites and predators of grasshoppers. That was the province's entomologist, John Gavlosky. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Manitoba's pastures are in great condition. Tyler Fulton is president of Manitoba Beef Producers. From the people that I've spoken with, uh, it's kind of exceeded their expectations. We really leaned on a lot of that extra stockpiled growth last year. And I think there was a lot of pastures that, you know, that were beaten up pretty good just because uh, they were so short. But they came back. I mean, this is about as good a year as you could expect with ample moisture and, uh, you know, and, and no, you know, sustained hot, dry periods. So we're seeing a recovery that way, and I think pasture conditions in general are are pretty good across the province. Fulton says water supplies are topped up as well. And Manitoba's field pea harvest is just getting underway. The province's pulse specialist, Dennis Lang, talked about what's been happening in the Red River Valley. There's still the odd uh, green plant hanging around yet, so it might be within the next couple of days. Towards the end of the week, we'll see some spring in this area. Further west, I think they are further ahead. Uh, haven't heard any yield numbers yet. There might be the odd field that's been harvested, but right now uh, it's still early in the process. Lang says the field pea harvest is usually well underway by this point in the season. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll hear from a researcher at the Richardson Centre for Food Technology and Research at the University of Manitoba. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.